Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Audity Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. Guys, it's it's another Tuesday night for Nick and I, and we're here to say welcome to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. Strap in, kids, because, <laughs> you know, the last few weeks have been a wild freaking ride. I can only imagine how tonight's going to go. Watch us <laughs> fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Only time will tell. It's the worst episode ever. Okay, you guys can just turn it off now. Because I did that setup, so, and my luck means this is just going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, I feel like it works the opposite way. It's all uphill from here, and then we end on some emotional, heartfelt note, and then that's it. You know, Nick, you are always a glasses half full kind of guy, and I, I really fucking appreciate that about you. I try. Your glass is more than half full, by the way. Is that it, vodka? I wish. No. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be empty in like eight minutes. And then I'll be parched the whole rest of the podcast, which if if you guys want to know, if the listeners want to know a little behind the scenes, I always sit down with a full cup of water. I sit down with two. I have my sparkling water and I have my just regular water. And by about 15 minutes, they're both gone. So I'm I'm basically um, completely dry uh, and I'm just a just a dry old sponge by about 20 minutes (laughs) in the podcast. It's like SpongeBob whenever he goes into Sandy's habitat. Yep. Just like. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that is 100% me uh, 15 minutes in. So I'll see if I can stretch this water to last a little bit longer, but doubtful. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's already your 15th drink in the five minutes we've been on here. So so what's new with you? Uh, Not a whole lot. Um, I I fell down a rabbit hole. I got a oh, gift. I thought you were going to say you fell down. I fell down a hole full of rabbits. Um, my, my birthday happened a few days ago, and I got a gift card for my birthday, and I was shopping online, and I fell down uh, a rabbit hole that you have already fallen down, but one I have not, I have yet to fall down to, and and that is the what we like to call the crock hole. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, I don't know, I I got bit by the croc bug. And so I was looking at uh, crocs and I was like, listen, if I have a gift card and I don't have to pay for them myself, should I buy a pair of crocs? I've had mine for like 15 years. 
I swear. And they look, I mean, if I were to wash them, they'd look like the first day I had them. That's very impressive. So I guess my daughter told me the Crocs are coming back. Oh, they've already come back. We've, we've, she, we've talked about this. <laughs> well, I, I thought the whole KFC Croc thing was a, a joke and was, was swaying people away from the Crocs, the world of the Crocs. Not the crocodiles, people. We are talking about the plastic footwear. In case you're not hip to the kids' lingo of the ugliest shoes on the planet. <laughs> but apparently but the most comfortable. So comfy. Yeah, I yes. was just say, apparently the most comfortable. I, I, I would have probably pulled the trigger on them. I would have acquired a pair of Crocs if I hadn't um, decided to mask up and, and go to a mall. And there was a pair of, of Nikes that I've been looking at for a few months now and I, they had one pair in my giant ass foot size that they and I, I that was it and so i was like happy birthday to me these are amazing there's no such thing as a coincidence sir those were meant to be yours they were built for me the the, the nike factory knew exactly what they were doing they knew on that day that it was going to happen that they were born to be mine and the color wasn't even on display the lady like brought them out and she's like Here's these uh, Nikes. They're the only ones we have in your size. And I opened up. I'm like, you don't even have this dis- color on display. <laughs> so dumb. What is happening? I, I'm, I've I turned just... 30 and like material things are all I have left in my life. Well, you know, and then you'll grow out of it. <laughs> and then you'll grow into it again and they become more expensive. Trust me. Been there. Done that. Um, back to the Crocs thing, though. This is relevant in my life as well. Because while Cassie was home, uh, my daughter... She was talking about the Crocs and how she had to have them. And this is the difference between 20s and 30s. She's like, I'm not paying $45 for a pair of plastic shoes. (laughs) So she went to the Rural King and found a pair of knockoffs and loves them. Oh, there you go. That's like, what was it, like Bob's or whatever that's Skechers? They're like the knockoff of Tom's and they're apparently way more they might not be as like ethically made but they're apparently way more comfortable than than tom and i've owned a few pair of toms and their cause is incredible but they are not the most comfortable shoes (laughs) but bob's though next level there's nothing to that soul it's like you need our support well fuck you (laughs) yeah because you ain't getting it (laughs) yeah good luck with your back problems asshole thanks for buying our shoes Shit. Yep. I guess this isn't a shoe podcast. Anything paranormal? Oh, first of all, happy birthday again. Welcome to the, what'd you call it? Dirty, 30, and flirty? 30, flirty, and thriving. This is 30. Oh. This is it. Sorry. I took it a whole different level. <laughs> Dirty, sorry about 30, that. flirty. <laughs> yeah, whichever way you choose. You're in your 30s now. One day it's one way, the next day it's another. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if anything is paranormal to wrap that all back together, I, I did like a, 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 a technology cleanse on, on my birthday. I didn't really, I was here with family. I, I, um, I had, you know, family by my side and, and went and shopped a little bit, masked up, and I didn't really look at my phone all day. And Good. I feel like that experience was a supernatural experience. <laughs> Right. So it was insane. I, it's on a spiritual level. You feel cleansed. I did feel cleansed. I felt, yeah, I, I lived it. I, here's the thing. I'm, I've never been a big birthday person. I'm not a big party person. I, I, I've never understood like why people are hanging out with me 
on this day. I, I don't know. I was like, I was born on this day. It's important to me and my family. Why should I drag you along to like forcibly celebrate my, this day with me? And then you get those people on Facebook goes, it's my birthday month. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Back uh-uh. in the back in the day, because May 2nd was always, uh, this is before, uh, and I'm, we're, I'm, <laughs> I feel old, but. <laughs> fucking stop that shit right now. <laughs> this is like back when X-Men 1 came out. And okay. the Marvel movies that were, they were just Marvel. I believe I was your age. The age <laughs> you were now. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Go there. The Marvel movies, which were just Marvel movies. They weren't Disney. They weren't, they were whoever made them always came out on May 2nd. So I'd gather a bunch of friends together and we'd go see X-Men 1 in theaters. And then we'd go see Iron Man, which was the first big superhero thing and, and, and Spider-Man and all that. So it was always great because my friends were like, sweet, we're going to sit in a dark room for two, you know, two hours. No one has to talk to anybody. Just look at the screen, watch a movie. We have dinner or food or whatever afterwards. And then we call it a day and that's it. And so it was great every year. I was like always a movie, always something to watch. And it was always like the movie that all of my friends wanted to see. So my parents would load us all up, take us to the movie and they all got to see a free movie, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, Harry Potter's used to come out around my birthday, so I feel that. There in you my go. Soul. That's the best thing. Yeah. That is the best. I If there was a movie that came out, a movie that I gave a shit about that came out on my birthday every year, that would be the greatest thing because I don't have to talk to anybody. We're just hanging out, watching a movie, eating popcorn, sharing an experience together, and no one has to like fight for attention. Exactly. I don't know. You don't have to fight for words and conversation because I feel that in my soul. Birthdays, um, am I right? Am I right? I've stopped <laughs> celebrating them. That's my New Year's resolution in May. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kidding. okay. Uh, July 16th. I expect all the presents. No conversation. All the pre- No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm going to show up in a birthday cake. You, you just, you just oh earned God, yourself me die. popping out of a birthday cake. Dressed in a big a Bigfoot costume. Yes, that would be the best birthday gift ever. Yeah, we'll all be vaccinated by then. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, God damn it! All right. Well, stuff going on here. We had uh, by we, I mean KJ and I had a paranormal crossroads investigation on your birthday. So that's how I celebrated your birthday. I was uh-huh. hunting for the ghosties, and it was. Ghosties. It was super awesome. So we're a little bit ahead, finally. It was a while to get there. You know how I like to have a a podcast in the can? Well, it took me a minute to get a couple episodes in the can and feel comfortable with uh, Paranormal Crossroads. So I am officially there. I am super excited about that. Check out all the Paranormal Crossroads stuff at paranormal.com xroad.com or pxroad.com also today i lost my fucking glasses oh no don't i this is it's never been this bad before i mean i i kept searching all the places where i normally take them off i am that bitch my key always goes in the same spot everything has its place and when it's not there it's the end of the world to me so it was, I got in the shower. Usually my glasses are next to my watch. I have this little red string band that's for positivity with, you know, 
the evil eye on it that I always take off before I get in the shower yeah. in my phone. And my glasses are always there too. And I get out of the shower and I can't fucking find them. And it's, I mean, I have looked in the spot anywhere I would have taken them off. It's, it was raining out. So sometimes when I take the dogs out and it's raining, I take the glasses off before I do that. So they're not all spotted. And I just, I just couldn't fucking find them. And I was losing my mind. So I took out the dowsing rods. <laughs> Oh, and shit. My spirit guides showed me exactly where they were. <laughs> I was sitting here waiting for you to finish telling me about you losing your glasses. And I was like, I walked into an Amazon four-star store for the first time ever. And they had these little things you put on your glasses that are barely noticeable. And it's like a find my iPhone thing, but it's find your glasses. I was going to suggest that, but... You know, fuck me. You got dowsing rods. <laughs> yeah, I got spirit guides. So, but... You might have to send me that link anyway. <laughs> July, baby, July. I'm going to get them for your birthday. <laughs> so uh, at first, I, I, and I just took one. I'm like, I just need you to point to where my glasses are. And I get the dowsing rod on, and it's just spinning in circles. It, it's just spinning. It's whacking me in the face. I'm like, okay, guys. I, I, I know I just finished meditating and communicating with you, and you gave me all the good news. But I really need to find my fucking glasses. So what I did is I was like, Justin, who swore he was one of my guardian angels when I investigated his mom's house, I said, show me where my glasses are. Whoop! Right into the corner of my room where I hadn't looked because it was in between the wall and the faux fireplace in my bedroom. I have no idea how they got there, but that's exactly where the rod was pointing. Why are we not like starting this division of like this FBI crime division and having ghosts help us solve crimes and murders and stuff? Like, how has that not happened yet? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Tiffany, my girl Tiff, has helped solve some cold cases. Just putting that out there. I feel like that should be a thing more often. 100% should be. Yeah. Like fringe. So that was my my spiritual moment of the day when I believe it was Justin who said he was my guardian angel um, showing me where my glasses are. And I mean, seriously, they wouldn't stop just swinging. It was like somebody saying, oh my God, thank God you got this out. I have so much to tell you and blah, 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 just swinging and wait. And I'm like, Justin, (laughs) where are my glasses? That is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. So I had to share. Holy smokes. Well, you know what? You found your glasses and also hopefully gave our listeners uh, something to invest into, dowsing rods, and that they can help find that peanut butter jar they lost uh, three days ago or the remote for the television yes. for the Apple TV or whatever uh, product you exactly. have. Exactly. Actually, KJ recently made a Amazon store for Paranormal Crossroads. So if you go to pxroad.com, <laughs> there's dowsing rods right there in the, the Amazon store. <laughs> so yep. if you need some, go get some. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's pretty much all the paranormal stuff going on around here, maybe. I don't know. For now. For now. Until For next now. week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should throw this over to the one, the only, Ms. Astrology for our weekly forecast on what to do 
and what not to do. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. The weekend is quiet, and next week doesn't bring any real turbulence either. Just a couple of trines, which are very smooth and harmonious aspects. First up, the Sun in Taurus trines a retrograding Pluto in Capricorn on Monday, May 17th. This is deep and penetrating energy that is sure to bring transformative experiences to anyone with planets at or near the 26 degree mark of the Earth signs. Sun-Pluto trines drive you to get to the absolute bottom of anything that piques your interest now. The superficial will not satisfy you. You'll be insatiable. This energy is great for harnessing your personal power. You can have a noticeable impact on the events and people around you, and all for the better. If you're called into a leadership role early next week, don't shy away from the challenge. Your ability to influence should not be underestimated. And, since Pluto rules purging and eliminating, it will be a great time to discard anything that no longer serves your highest and greatest good. The purge can be metaphorical or actual and physical. Throw out everything and everyone that's dragging you down and keeping you stuck. You're fully supported. On Wednesday the 19th, Venus trines Saturn from 13 degrees of Gemini to Aquarius. Saturn is at a standstill since he's about to go retrograde, but Venus is flying through Gemini at full speed. These two don't make the happiest of bedfellows. Saturn is a little too stern for Venus, especially Venus and Gemini, but it's a trine so the connection is a good one. Midweek is a great time for making a long-term commitment in Venus-themed matters. Maybe it's time to put a ring on it. Maybe it's time to pull the trigger on that crypto investment you've been eyeing. Business and real estate deals are especially favored now, as are all practical purchases that have been thoroughly vetted. More traditional forms of socializing fare well under this energy. Think tea room, not bar room. Overall, your productivity and creative endeavors should be high. Don't expect to dream up anything particularly new or exciting, but do take advantage of your ability to mass-produce something that's tried and true. Finally, the Sun moves into Gemini on May 20th, joining Mercury and Venus, who are already here. The Sun's entry marks the transition from spring to summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. Gemini is the sign that everyone loves to hate. Representative of Castor and Pollux, the twins are the fastest thinkers out there. The sign is charged with gathering all of the knowledge needed to run the lower mind so you can be sure that your Gemini friends are well-researched and can converse on just about any topic. They tend to be jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none types. Their minds move very fast, so it can be hard to keep a Gemini's attention for very long. The twins require a constant stream of information, and they're easily bored. They cannot stand being idle, so they create their own brand of fun whenever necessary. You truly never know what you're going to get from them. The possibilities are endless. Shadow Gemini is fickle, manipulative, and very two-faced. The really dark ones will say absolutely anything with zero regard for the truth. The sun is in here stirring the pot until June 21st. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Jess, you're amazing. I appreciate you. We all appreciate you. I jumped up into the uh, Facebook fan group for Oddity Files because I had zero idea on paranormal in the news. Now I have to look up the girl's name who sent it to me real quick because then I'll have all the guilt I felt so dumb for a second because you put your glasses on. I was like, hey, you just found your glasses. And then I realized that you had already <laughs> said you found your fucking glasses. I'm just, it's, it's, it's true. It's that kind of day. 
It is. It's that kind of year. It's only going to get better. The glass is half full. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. It's 2019 so, all over again. Right. So, Lindsay Lawrence, thank you so much for this paranormal in the news story. You guys go check out our Facebook fan group, which is just Oddity Files fan group on the Facebook. Um, this comes to us from WLBT.com. And the headline reads, Family Believes Christmas Present Unleashed Paranormal Activity into Their Brandon Home. Holy this is shit. a really good one. This was yes. almost my story today, by the way. No. Yeah. It was, I, I, I don't know if where I found the article. It was like one of multiple publications. And I almost did this. And I was like, this is just a really long story. And I was aiming for something <laughs> shorter today, just in case we're an absolute disaster like we have been. Uh, busting well, so into I hysterics. figured I'd do it. <laughs> this is great. Awesome. So it sounded like someone was knocking on the walls. This is from Brandon, Mississippi. That's how Whitney Merritt described the beginning of the nearly three weeks of alleged paranormal activity her family endured after receiving a Christmas present this past year. The present was a vintage doll carriage. Her mother had gotten it from a friend of a friend and had gifted it to Whitney's daughter, where it sat by a Christmas tree for the first few days. The knocking, Whitney says, began at the beginning of the year. They would hear it on the walls of their Brandon home, while they ha- which they have recently moved into. The sounds grew so loud that on two occasions, Whitney walked to the front door thinking someone was outside. It was midnight, so Whitney called to her husband, Michael, who works nights. I think someone's at the front door, she told him before turning on the porch light. When she opened it, no one was there. And then about the third or fourth night is when we start hearing like, boom, boom, boom. I'm assuming that's like the police knock from a few episodes ago in the attic. She recalls as she rubs her chest, leaving it red. I don't know why they had to put that in there. She goes, I don't know logical reasons I'm trying to come with up with in my head. But soon the sounds above their living room became so frequent that they could no longer be ignored. So one weekend in the middle of the night, Michael went into the attic carrying a shotgun and a flashlight expecting to find someone up there. Whitney says, we were out there making so much noise, people probably thought we were crazy. We thought there was somebody in the attic, but no one was up there. And so ended week one. Week two started with a bang. It was around two or three in the morning when Whitney was awakened from what she calls a dead sleep. The noise was so loud, she says that she thought their dog had crashed through the window of their door. In the morning, she walked into the kitchen and discovered a bag on the ground. In the bag, the TJ Maxx bag, were the coffee mugs she had recently purchased, and the bag was three or four feet away from the table. Both of the mugs were broken. There was no way that they could have fallen over at all, Whitney says adamantly. I mean, they weren't on their side or anything. They're not just going to roll. The next night, another bang, around 3.30 in the morning. Whitney rushed into the kitchen to find another bag on the floor inside another shattered mug. You know, she probably went to replace the mugs that were broken. And then Mr. Ghosty Pants decides to break the new mug. She said this time shards of glass had come out of the bag, so Whitney began sweeping it up. 
After putting the glass into the trash can, Whitney started walking back to her bedroom, and that's when she said she heard the sounds of someone dropping a load of silverware into the sink. She says, I mean, it. I wasn't even back to the bedroom yet. When I turn around, I about broke my neck. I about broke my neck, she says. And I went back to the sink to look and was like, maybe something slipped and fell, but I had just done the dishes. There was nothing in the sink. So I was a little freaked out and stayed up for a while. And then the last week in this series of events, everything pretty much involved their children's rooms and toys. A dream catcher and lamp in her daughter's room fell to the floor multiple times. After investigating the second time they fell, Whitney and Michael were walking back to their bedroom when the bathroom door slammed behind them. At first, they thought maybe their children had gone to use the bathroom, but the light never came on. So my husband opened up the door real quick, turned on the light, and there was nothing there, Whitney says. And he stood there, messing with the doors in the hallway for a minute, just trying to find a logical explanation, like maybe it was a suction of another door slamming or whatever. I told him, that's exactly what I would be doing, going, okay, if this happens, does the door shut? Yeah. If this... But the door never moved again. Huh. The next day, the family was in the living room when one of their children's toys started playing music repeatedly. When they checked it, the toy's power switch was turned off. I think that's the creepiest thing. Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. For sure. Classic haunting. Oh, yeah. This is like textbook haunting. Um, one million percent. Yeah. Later that evening, Whitney went to wake up Michael for work. As he got ready, Whitney began to sweep the living room. This girl is always sweeping. And as she swept, she saw her husband walk into the kitchen to fix himself some coffee. She said she asked him a question, which he ignored. I mean, nothing paranormal going on there. If you're married, you understand. So she asked it again. Still no answer. Then she got pissed. She walked into the kitchen and found no one there. Whitney walked back into their bedroom to find her husband asleep. She's like, I saw him. I saw. I swear on my kids, and I'm not crazy. Please don't think I'm crazy, because repeating this to somebody, I know it sounds weird. <laughs> Girl, I feel you, and you're our people, and we appreciate you. Yep. And then the final straw was the day after Whitney says she saw someone walk into their kitchen. She'd gone to get groceries at the Kroger on Spillway Circle, mm -hmm. if you're from that area, you may know this. I do not with her daughter. Um, her four-year-old was at their grandparents and their seven-year-old was at school. Michael was the only one home. Whitney said it was around 1230 when he called her. Hey, is Paxton home? Michael said. Whitney said, no, he's still at school. When Whitney and her daughter got home, Michael explained the call. He said that he was in bed when he heard the front door close. Then he heard Paxton's door close. Then he began hearing knocking on the walls. He called Paxton's names like five or six times, but there was no answer. And then when he got up, walked in the son's room. This is when it gets creepy again. Paxton's bedroom light was on. His Xbox was on. And a bottle of water was actively dripping onto the floor. After telling Whitney this story, they had a discussion about all of the strange occurrences at their home. And that's when they began thinking about the baby carriage they received, at, their daughter received at Christmas. So they took it, put it in the garage. Nothing has happened since. The, uh, when this story was written, which was earlier this year, the 
carriage was on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace for $65 with the caption, full disclosure, it's definitely haunted. So yeah, I would kind of piss. Nobody sent that to me. Just putting that out there. You guys, I thought you, I thought y'all had my back. Um, they did receive more backstory on the carriage from her mom who told her that the owner's husband had been killed in a motorcycle accident on the Natchez Trace a year ago. Yeah. She believes that it's possible that's who she saw walk past her in the kitchen. Hmm. So, yeah, super interesting. Super curious who has it now. I don't think it's Zach Baggins. I was going to say. It been news. <sighs> um, that was January of this year. That was a good one. He probably bought it. He probably bought it, waited for the story to take off, and it just didn't. So he just has it in like a shed of crap that, like crap that he thought would go viral, and it didn't. So it just lives in this basically like graveyard of of haunted shit that n- yeah. just didn't pop off like he thought it would. And he's like, oh, 65 bucks, whatever." Yeah, whatever. I mean, no biggie. I'll just hold on to it. I'll make yeah. it go viral because I'm friends with TMZ. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was my Zach Baggins voice and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, something from a fan like we did last week with Nikki, but I mean, we're, I believe we're we're right on time, right? Should I pull pull that up? Yeah. A fan? Uh, yeah? Okay. What, what is time but just numbers and our life ticking by <laughs> very quickly faster than i care to admit okay so it starts out hey kitsy and nick a couple podcasts ago you touched upon the subject ringing in the ears i'm not sure about most people but for the last 12 years or so this is what ringing in the ears meant to me nine times out of ten when i've had ringing in my ears i've either received a voicemail or a text message it got to the point, while busy at work, I'd hear the ringing and think, well, I'd better go back to my cubicle and see who it is. I've been driving, shopping, working, doing yard work, and all this has happened. If I ever go to check my phone and there's nothing there, that's when I'm surprised. Most of the time, it's regular life stuff, but other times, it's been rough news. I learned not to ignore the ringing because at this point, there must be something to it communication from the cosmos if only that ringing in the ears meant i was going to receive a lump sum of money no a a sum lump of money (laughs) now that would be something thank you for all the oddity files fun as always ursula very interesting yeah i mean tinnitus is such an interesting thing which is which is the ringing of the ear and I know there's a lot of like old wives tales and superstitions and things with it, but I don't really know of any that if that if I mean the only one that I know is like someone's talking about you. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it is. Um the uh, <clears throat> Do you ever have your left hand itch? Cuz my mom always used to say that means you're about to come into money. Oh, no. I know I like I hate it when my right hand itches cuz it means you're going to lose money. Oh shit. <laughs> my right hand itches way more than my left. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm just in a permanent state of right hand itch. So <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean there there are so many. I, I wish I wish I personally knew more about tinnitus than than I do, which is just a very basic surface level someone's talking about you. 
and there were a couple others, but that's just the one that's that's top of mind right now. Yeah, that's the only one I knew of is that that someone's talking about you. Mm-hmm. Talking behind your back. Mm-hmm. Eh, those motherfuckers, you know? You can't trust anybody anymore. No, not just these days. Not th- nope. Not a- I trust you, though. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I trust and you, too. And you do not trust me. Okay, trust you too. there it is. I was waiting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, I believe... <laughs> that took me back to high school. Like, a, g- a girl that I w- had it was crushing on was like, I like you. <laughs> I just waiting. I can't say back. Waiting. Waiting. Uh, uh, uh. That's nice. Cool. I'd always send a friend to ask if somebody liked me that I liked. Yeah, they pull out the little paper things. They're like, let me see if I like you. And they do the little yeah. paper thing. They're like, oh, look, I don't. Sorry, maybe next time. <laughs> Try again You know, later. and then... It burned my ass. I sent one friend who who asked somebody if they liked me in in a roundabout way where it was a cut down on me. I don't talk to her anymore. Um, but I ended up marrying him. Yeah, and it, uh, it just didn't end well. So oh, I probably should have said it to his face. And, and I've been like, oh, that face is ugly. For, and, and for new listeners who haven't heard this podcast before, she's not talking about her current husband. She loves him no, no, very no, no. much. <laughs> Very, very, very much. No, I had to put up with that asshole so I could get the good one. <laughs> it's karma. Okay. Oh my Who God. goes first, Nick? Please tell me you know, because I don't. Uh, I f- like. I feel like it's me, but it sounds I selfish to say so. So no, I'm not 100 like sure. Too. Let's go with it. Okay. <laughs> it's your birthday week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you went last week because that's when we'd lost it and we were so hysterical by the end that I felt like I had to I'm glad I had a short story because we got through pretty quick that's yeah the Moira (laughs) shit sorry about that I still have guilt guys so bad that was terrible go ahead oh goodness please what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Please let Bring me know. Bring me wonderment and amazement, Nick. Okay, wonderful. So over the last couple of weeks, I have grown obsessed. I'm not really a YouTube guy, but I've grown obsessed with this one YouTuber who I can't really figure out. And I adore him. Uh, and the YouTube channel, his name is Peter Kane. And the YouTube channel is Peter Kane Dog Training. And on the channel, there are a lot of dog training videos. But there are also these very, I want to call them performance art because I, I want to believe that they are. But he he lives in the middle of nowhere in this like barn and he says that he has this freezer under his house and uh, his dad shot and killed and kept uh, Bigfoot, a body of Bigfoot in a freezer. And so he's got this like severed head and like a severed what? foot and he has multiple YouTube videos about this. Uh, Bigfoot body uh, in his freezer under his house. Does he uh, actually show these body parts? Yes, he's. Oh, he's shown the 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 foot, the the body, the intestines, the penis, all of it, all the, of it. There's so much Sasquatch penis and, and the airwaves right now. There is Go ahead. all everyone can talk about. <laughs> uh, but and among among Bigfoot, there are others. Uh, he captured the Frog Man. Um, Bullshit. Yeah. This is where I... There's only one of those. Yeah. Well, 
he has that I know of. It's all very like some videos are very convincing and some are just very clearly like parody, but he never smiles. He never laughs at himself. He has real dog training videos. So anyway, uh, okay. one of the, the, the many of the creatures he has captured is uh, he says the dog man lives in his barn. And so that led me down the path of the dog man. But before, uh, <laughs> before I'm going to do something I've never done before and play just a very brief several seconds of one video he put three years ago. Um, he has apparently, uh, had intercourse with both a female Bigfoot and a male Bigfoot. And at the same time, no separate on separate occasions. Okay. okay. And this I don't is, judge. this is just a very brief snippet of an apologies <laughs> if anyone is offended by this, but this is a very brief snippet of one of his videos. I just got to okay. play it before I dive into my I can't story. Wait. This is him returning to the place that the Bigfoot, the female Bigfoot, uh, had her way with him. And this is him recounting the moment that it happened. So Okay. And, like post-coitus. What, what happened was as soon as I was knocked down on the ground, she starts ripping my clothes off me. She did. She pulled my pants off me. And I'm like, oh, great. What, what, she's going to kill me. They're going to find my naked body here. It's worse. It's worse. As soon as she got my pants off me, she started like jerking the ween. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that's not going to work. You know, what are you doing? And then the next thing I know, keep in mind, this is a big Sasquatch, like a comparable to like a big hairy Russian, Russian woman. I mean, she was big. She was like, you know, seven and a half, eight feet tall. So that is just a little segment of Peter Kane. <laughs> No offense to any Russian women that are listening right now. (laughs) No. And I mean, his channel does not have a lot of followers. But anyway, I have been obsessed. He's got like... that's about to change. 182,000 subscribers, which in the YouTube world is not a lot for someone who has this particular five-minute video has one million views. So... Peter Kane dog training. Check it out. I'm fascinated with the man. He does YouTube lives now like every night for two, three hours where he just talks to people like he's known them forever. It's very fascinating. Um, that's the longest segue to the story, but I'm going to talk about the dog let's, man today. Let's they, do dog man. All I, thanks the to Wayne. Peter Kane. I just, I'm stuck at the Wayne. I like, I <laughs> I died. I died. I died. But and I do. I do think that there that that there's there is parody to this. But yeah. he's so straight faced about. It. He starts like sobbing later in the video. It's I, I don't know. But it's it's very uh, it's it's a journey that if you want to go down the rabbit hole, go down the rabbit hole. But we're gonna talk about the dog band today. We're not gonna talk about Peter Kane because I could talk about Peter Kane for an hour. Okay. So the dog man that we're going to talk about is the urban legend of the Michigan dog man. And the reason why this one is the story that I'm going with, I'm going to tell uh, two specific stories about the dog man. And the reason why this has become uh, such a popular tale in the lore of the dog man or dog men, if you will, is because the dog man is actually viewed as being plausible in Michigan because there have been many sightings more than Bigfoot. Uh, and there was even an audio recording, which I'll touch on in a little bit, 
that OnStar recorded and it circulated in 2006 of these people what? being attacked by the Dogman. It's, it's haunting to listen to, by the way. Oh, my God. So this is plausible because there's a lot of scientific animal-based theories that there could be an alleged Dogman who is basically genetically something went wrong between sort of a wolf dog hybrid and a bipedal creature whether it is a human or whether it is an ape there something genetically can plausibly happen to create this sort of creature or grouping of creatures um dogman sightings in michigan's usually uh, michigan usually occur deep in the forest around logging camps and out on isolated roads late at night the mythical beast of backwoods folklore went mainstream in 1987 after the release of the song The Legend, written by Traverse City radio DJ Steve Cook. He pulled the lyrics from Dogman Encounters, and soon more people reported their sightings. But what were they seeing? Was it mass hysteria? Were people just trying to grab onto this 80s clickbait and create their own stories? Or were these actually horrifying encounters of experiencing this creature. So I'm going to read a couple. They're very short. Uh, and then I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide whether or whether or not this is, could, is and could be real. So the first one comes from Ray Greenway in the fall of 1986, the year before the Dogman song was released in 1987, near Main, Manistee, Michigan. Not Manistee. Uh, Ray was driving home from the Manistee Army recruiting station. It was late at night, and he noticed something in the darkened field beside him. His headlights were reflecting off what appeared to be eyes, but they were too high off the ground to be a deer. Suddenly, the unidentifiable creature began running towards him and made an incredible leap clear across the two-lane road. There is no animal that it could be. I know this was not a deer, Ray later recalled. He went on to describe its yellow eyes and impossible leaping ability. I do remember that I saw both eyes as if it was looking at me the whole time. That, along with the leaping ability, is what I'll never forget. Snap. So that was 1986. So we're going to go back even further before we jump ahead to two of the scarier sightings of, of the dozens that were reported specifically in Michigan. And this is the first known dogman encounter in 1887. A long time ago. It was documented in Wexford County, Michigan. Two lumberjacks were out in the woods when they spotted a creature they described as having the body of a man, but the head of a dog. Other sightings began to trickle in throughout the upper peninsula of Michigan and locals found dog tracks in the dirt around several deceased horses. The horses allegedly perished of fright. Oh. Yeah. So they weren't eaten. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to drop dead. Yep. This is terrifying. Later. (laughs) I feel that. Yeah. I would too. (laughs) Super terrifying. Uh, So now we're going to jump ahead to 2001. And it seems to be in the 2000s. I don't know if people just got more creative or or these sightings truly became uh, just more aggressive and more terrifying. So this is 2001. One witness claims a creature best described as a werewolf 
was stalking up the hill behind their house in the late fall of 2001. Which, stalking is a terrifying word when describing anything, by the way. Yes. Because you can just vividly see it. Like, you know what it looks like. Uh, my stepdaughter and I were looking out the French doors to see a creature, black in color, like a big bear with haunches in the head of a wolf. While that was the first and only visual the Cass County, Michigan residents experienced, they can still hear it splashing around the 20-acre swampland at night. Sometimes, they can even hear it shrink it. God damn it. They can even hear it shrieking. It's like shrinking. Are we back to the wane? Yeah, Sorry, we're back this to is the- supposed to be keeping this creepy. My bad. According to them, it has the scream of an infant, loud and hysterical. No. Nope. 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 And in the most famous of all of the dog man of Michigan incidences, this one is the OnStar incident that occurred in Troy, Michigan. In 2006. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you the audio. Okay. And if you want to splice it in for people to hear, it's very short. Yeah. Uh, It's terrifying. So uh, tread lightly. A man was driving down the road when suddenly what he described as a great big dog that was standing up appeared before him in the road. He instinctively swerved to miss the creature and ended up running off the road and flipping the vehicle over on its side. He and his passenger were not hurt, and he was able to get assistance through OnStar. The OnStar recording of that conversation spread across the internet, and you can hear it right now. Outstar Emergency, this is Kyle speaking. How can I help you? Hello? Something just ran in front of us on the road. We're in the ditch. We we rolled over. How many people are in the car and is anyone injured? There's two of us. I, I, th- I don't think we have any injuries. Is the car on its top or wheels or what? No, it's kind of sitting on its side. Hold one moment, please, while I contact emergency services. Okay. Okay, the state police should be on their way in a few minutes. Is everyone still okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. What ran in front of you? A deer? I I don't know what the hell it was, but it was big. It looked like a great big dog. Standing up. Was it a bear, maybe? Maybe, I... Oh, my God! Sir? Hello? Are you still there, sir? It's terrifying. (laughs) It's it's so scary. It is absolutely horrifying. Um, And I mean, these just date from, I'm talking 1887, 1986, 2001, uh, 1938. And allegedly, the descriptions of the Michigan Dogmen have varied over the years. But what people are noticing is that it happens in 10-year cycles. So 
they're all all the the experiences are all the same. They have glowing amber amber or icy blue eyes, the head of a dog, and a human torso. They can stand on two legs and be six to seven feet tall, and they're incredibly fast and have a scream like howl, which has been described in multiple experiences of these dozens that have been collected. Um, but according to locals, they say that every 10-year cycle, early sightings of the cryptid were reported all throughout Michigan and actually have spread to Wisconsin. And uh, and then after from Michigan to Wisconsin, they pop up all over the country. But it seems to happen over the course of every 10 years. Worse than cicadas. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So allegedly, there's one in Red River Gorge, which is in Kentucky, right between, right smack dab between you and I here. And uh, my daughter with her ex-boyfriend used to go there every year. And the last time they went together, her boyfriend, Levi, goes, I'm going to find you a dog man. He didn't. But they heard some weird shit. Oh, wow. Yep. I, so they're terrifying. I would be curious. I think this is one of those instances where it's like, Science is there. There's this um, prehistoric wolf called an Amarac, and it's sort of described as a dog-coyote hybrid. And they're saying that because people are unsure of what they truly look like, that the Amarac um, basically has lived out over time and is one of few prehistoric creatures who have actually um, evolved over the years okay. to continue to thrive and live and all that similar to like alligators, crocodiles, bir- certain birds. And so when people see this creature, um, the, the, the becoming bipedal is an intimidation tactic, similar to a bear that when bears want to yeah. be aggressive, they stand up and they can hold themselves up. And so that's what this is. So science, th- there is science behind this and people can say, Oh, which to me is baffling because with Bigfoot, you can say, well, it's, you know, there, we were, we know there's a missing link, obviously, so maybe this is it. So let's put two and two together. But no, no one's doing that. But with this specific yeah. dog man, there seems to be scientific evidence backing the fact that this creature could exist. And if it does, that gives a whole new meaning to, to driving on a long, dark, you know, forest road at night or camping in the middle of the woods at night. Or there is a mis- missing link who's actually having sex with the dog, and that's how you get the hybrid. Could Who you knows? imagine like a Bigfoot dogman hybrid creature? We'd be, no. we'd all be dead forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I trust the Bigfoot, but you throw dogman into the mix, and I'm, I'm not even sure. Yeah, I can't. It's insane. That was so interesting. And I'm obsessed with this guy. And I'm right now, I'm putting it out there. I'm refusing to jump down that rabbit hole. But I'm going to think about it a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to go to his YouTube page. But I'm going to think about this guy a lot, just so everybody knows. Listen, if you or any listeners, I'm... I, I don't get on social media often, but like just hit me up on all of them on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever... And if you don't want to jump down the rabbit hole and get lost in it and don't know where to start, because he's been YouTubing for five, six years. If you just want like a greatest hits, I'll send you, I'll send you the dog man video of him 
going into his barn and finding a chest that he has to get bolt cutters to get in this dogman's chest of things that dogman has these belongings. Um, I- I'll send you a greatest hit. That's that's extra if he's making this shit up. I'm just saying. Oh, does this man have a job? I I don't know, but it's very it's very David Lynch. Like he does one where he captured the Frogman, which is an alien, and he does an, a Frogman autopsy, and the whole thing is like silly. And then the punchline of it all is he's trying to put a camera into because he puts it in the Frogman's nose and has like a screen, and then he's like, "All right, now that we've seen it from the nose, I'm going to try to put it in its butt." And so he and this is like a. 20 minute long video and so the punchline of the video basically is he goes to put it in the butt and then as soon as he like makes progress it poops all over him and he's like oh my god oh my god oh it's in my mouth it's in my mouth it's just this whole thing so it's performance art okay. but also there's a line where you're like is it though yeah <laughs> Because what is the reward? I, I, that's not a lot of followers. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he gets tons of advertising revenue from the YouTube. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how any of that works. Yeah. Well, if you run a dog training business as well, like I don't know about you, but if you're going to engage with my dog and and train my pet, who I adore, I'm going to do some research on you. And if I found some of these videos, I'd be questionable. Yeah. about it so yeah. anyway if you want to greatest hits i'll send you like two to three videos you can see for yourself and enjoy what as i'm slapping my water down um <laughs> but yeah anyway peter kane dog training dog man tell me a story <laughs> okay i absolutely will so okay you may have heard or may not have heard but our newest podcast partner is freaking chewy guys I know, we, we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter. 
and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice, go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Are you a coffee addict like me? We'll check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out 
and help out the podcast, go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. I'm just going to dive right in. Um, Many locals of Huntsville, Alabama, know the playground located in Maple Hill Park as the Dead Children's Playground due to the reportedly high level of ghostly activity that has been experienced there. Honestly, this playground sees more ghost hunters, teenagers, and adrenaline junkies more often than any lively children just wanting to play. And that story goes a little something like this. Children playing, children calling out to each other, mothers calling their children's names, the playful footfalls of running children. All of these events have been experienced by many people who enter the playground after dark. It's believed that the most active time is between the hours of 10 p.m. and 3 a.m., as children reclaim the park from the living so they too can enjoy their play. It is believed that the vast majority of these children come from the adjacent Maple Hill Cemetery. So this park is butt up next to this cemetery, the largest and oldest in Huntsville, with well over 80,000 burials. The original land, much smaller than the size of the cemetery today, was sold to the city in 1822 by planter Leroy Pope. Although this is the official date, it is known that the land was used for burials prior to this time, with the oldest intact grave marker being that of infant Mary Frances Atwood, who was buried there in 1820. Many people who visited dead children's playground have witnessed some very strange things including swings moving on their own and the ghosts of children playing many people have even noticed the supernatural element in the photos after having them developed do people actually get photos developed anymore i think so there's not many companies that are still doing it but i do believe that it is a thing yeah Maybe they're talking about Polaroid, or maybe this was a really old article I copy and pasted that from. <laughs> the pictures have ghostly figures of children playing on the playground's rock wall, in addition to the activity that I had mentioned earlier. Later, the cemetery was expanded to encompass the nearby private cemetery of the Pope family. Many of the new burials at this time were of Confederate and Union soldiers who died during the Civil War. Over the years, the cemetery grew and grew with new land purchases in order to keep up with the growing city. The dead children's playground, aside from its reputation of a haunting ground for deceased children, also has another macabre tale attached to it. Though this one probably falls more into the realm of urban legend. 
which are my fucking favorites. Yep. So between 1945 and 1955, the area the playground now sits on was the site of a limestone quarry. The high cliffs that surround the playground are not natural and were all formed as part of the quarrying process. When the quarry was closed and abandoned, plant life began to reclaim the land as it does and the wildlife along with it. Soon, within a matter of years, the area will have been a natural brushland filled with weeds and trees of a more opportunistic nature. Come the 1960s, an unknown person made use of the old quarries and the thick plant growth for their own dark opportunities. <laughs> so brooding. I know. A series of child disappearances began to be reported in Huntsville, and with none of the children turning up, it was soon feared a child murderer was prowling the neighborhoods. These fears were soon given substance when a small skull was found by someone walking through the abandoned quarries. On investigation, several skeletons were recovered, along with the small corpses from fresher murders. It was never determined who the murderer was, but it was discovered that the children were not simply taken and killed. There were signs of torture found on the bodies of the more recent victims. With the discovery of the bodies and the, disappe the disappearances did stop and the tragedies all but removed from the memories of those who lived in fear of their own children disappearing. Locals say that the murderer who would bury the bodies of their abducted children in a field above where the park is now, and those children's spirits now haunt that park as well. Many of those children's remains, being local, were put in their final resting place in the adjoining Maple Hill Cemetery. In 1985, 20 years after those terrible events, the quarries and surrounding lands were turned into Maple Hill Park and the original play equipment was erected. Today, the equipment is quite modern and the park is well looked after. Even if you did not know the stories and the legends, visiting the park is said to be quite eerie, even though the suburbs are right around the corner. The natural rocky bowls, the well-grown trees, and other natural features leave you feeling like you're deep in the wilderness. It is eerily quiet, and once night falls, the area takes on a different feel. Come 10 p.m., the locals say you might be lucky enough to witness the children's spirits at play. Wow. Pretty cool. I feel like that's very descriptive urban legend. So I kind of want to know more. I feel like there's a lot of details for an urban legend. Yeah, there, there are a t it's, it's so hard to know what is an urban legend and what is basically like filling in the blanks of tr something true and factual that had happened. Yeah. Because one place it's like that and you, I mean, you and I know it very well because we experienced it together but um oh my god why does it always escape me uh philadelphia penhurst. yes penhurst there are about 10 different stories or or uh, urban legends for yeah. penhurst and 
you know, you, you, you go to Penhurst and you see the whole history laid out on the boards and you start realizing that, okay, well, this urban legend is incorrect and this one is incorrect. And then you find out pieces within the history that then make those urban legends correct in a way. Yeah. So it's really hard to know, is it truly an urban legend or is it, are we just calling it an urban legend because we're filling in the blanks of maybe a mystery within something that was lost in time? Yeah. If no, that made any sense at it, all. <laughs> it's kind of like Chinese telephone. Yes. It's the story starts out here, it goes here, then it takes a sharp left turn. Then it takes a, a 360 into a sharp right turn, and then you end up with this is what we have now. And we have no idea what that story is going to be in another 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. It, I, I believe a lot of these urban legends, there's a scotch of truth to it. Not a whole lot, but just enough to make you go, huh, Yeah. that could have happened. That's the world we live in, though, now. I think it's so interesting because we live in, in a... a a world of social media where all it takes is a, is like 20% of a story that you tell to be true, easily searchable. And then everything else you go, well, if this sentence is true, then it's all gotta be true. And that, yeah, to me, urban legends are sort of based off of that where like, you know, it's, it's the whole man with the, 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 the couple who were trying to get freaky up on the, on the hill in the car in the in the eight seventies or eighties, and the man with the hook hand came and scratch. And there might be one story in 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 all of history where there was in the seventies or eighties a couple who were trying to get freaky, and then they looked at they heard a sound, looked out of the car, and there was a you know a hook scratch, and that was the end of it. They didn't die. They didn't. Di- they just were scared, and there were probably there was some resolution at some point down the line that wasn't documented at all, but it was turned into an urban legend. Did I ever tell you the urban legend of my hometown? I don't know. Maybe. So it was reader role. Oh, yeah. And the, this, yeah. So, and, and the thing of it was, is, you know, you heard the scuffing on the top of the roof and then it was, they got, the couple got out and there was a body hanging from the tree. Well, I did some research and Griffith, Indiana is just over the border of Illinois. And the, the truth to that story was that Reader Road, this this road that was in the town I lived in that everybody was so afraid of, they would dump mob bodies there, sometimes in the trees. So it all kind of sort of makes fen- sense, but then it turned into that urban legend that everybody tells. Yeah. So, yes, it's exactly what you've been saying. It's very interesting. Um I mean, even even if urban legend, legends are fiction, even fiction is is inspired by true happenings that exist. And this is even long ago when when people were were first making films or, or, or stories that were being written. Is it was always about the what knowing that things exist, but the what if of those things, and then that became fiction. And then that fiction was it's always been inspired by the fantastical elements of, of real things that are happening in society. And I feel like urban legends, there are always a piece that are true. And it's either a game of telephone where we, yeah, we do alter them over time to make them scarier or they just happen to be told this way. Or they were always told that way and always based off one small factual piece that's true. And then it gets this whole story. 
And yeah, yeah, they're always interesting. So interesting. I'm curious if the internet will will make the stories changing and morphing and things happen faster or slow it down because there is that proof that anybody can look up about it. I think there's this weird black hole of the internet that you can't look things up. Like there are still things to this day that I remember seeing as a kid and you have to know what the search terms are to find this exact story that's specific. And then we're, we're inundated with so many different things that are keyworded on based on the thing you're looking for. I'm not looking for this Bigfoot story. I'm looking for this Bigfoot story. And so yeah, it's this constant chase of like, oh, like to me, it's insane that when I was in the fifth grade, how easy, or I was in the fourth grade, how easy it was for me on these old janky ass computers to find Bigfoot like whoops and calls and all these things. And to try to find them on the internet now, it's very difficult. And it shouldn't really? be. It should be the other way around. Yeah. So there should be more of them out there and easier to find. Yeah. So it's, huh. there is like a, a large part of me that's, that I think there's so much happening and so many people are interested in just other stuff that there's this kind of black hole of the internet where the only way to get answers or find out or fact check things or to go to a library and look through archives and try to, you know, piece stuff together. Damn those algorithms. I don't know what the hell they are, but I fucking hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's a crazy thing. I mean, it, I, I, I like miss the days of people actually talking to people generationally, like talking to my dad about things he's experienced and like they're crazy things. And if you just sit and talk to somebody, they'll tell you crazy stories from their life or their, their lives or family's lives or whatever. But then when you go to look that stuff up, it doesn't exist. So my dad has like yeah. crazy stories because he worked in the hotel business and it's just like crazy stories of things that he experienced. And he's got like buckets of newspaper clippings and all these things. But you go to Google them and it's not really there. It's just not. Really? Yeah. I feel like that I feel like it should be the exact opposite. I think there's just so much happening. I mean, think about it. How many news articles there are hourly these days? Yeah. Like it just buries everything else. So then where does that shit go? Where does it live? You need to go to like a, a site called microfiche.com. Remember that yes. thing you used to, with like all the old news are, somebody needs to do that because I feel like we're losing a little bit of history, real history. Yeah. History that's important to people like us, you know? I think the things that we could uncover in history could lead to some really fascinating discoveries, but I do think a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of history that seems irrelevant to so many people today are just going to be lost in time because I don't think it was yeah. archived or documented correctly because if no one cared about it then, yeah, it doesn't matter. If it didn't get archived then, then where is it living now? And if it's gone, yeah. it's just, it's like film prints. It's like people who made movies that, are, that have been lost in time. If it gets lost in a flood or a fire, it's gone forever to yeah. never be seen again. All of my childhood photos were lost in a flood. They're just gone. (laughs) It's crazy to think that, but also we live in the same world, just different, where like 
you have an iPhone and you're taking everything and you're using the cloud and all this stuff. And then the cloud corrupts and all your shit from the last six years is just gone. Never to be seen yeah. again. Speaking of that, I really need to back up my phone. <laughs> hard drives, hard drives, but then they'll crash and then you lose all that stuff. And it. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Leave your kids? See, this is the thing that I have a hard time with. I eventually want to print out all because it was the digital age when my kids grow up. I want to print it all out and actually put them into fucking photo albums for them. Because what am I going to do? Go, oh, here you go, guys. Here's a hard drive. Here's your memories. Let me dust it off. (laughs) Blow the dust off and hand it. A couple CDs, a piece. There you go. Yeah, it's crazy. Floppy disks. I got stuff on floppies. Oh, wow. Like one image. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, we are just, you know, not historians, but we'd like somebody else to be for us. But by doing so, we have gone way over. We're going to skip our listener story this week because I had a really long one planned because Nick and I are texting each other. I got a short story. He's like, I got a short story too. So I added a, well, we had Ursula's story earlier. So yes, uh, we're good. We're good. Fucking weird is the new cool. I'm Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> and I'm Nick Floyd, Ghost On. Did I do that in the right order? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I sure. I told you guys this episode was going to suck. <laughs> there you go. Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay. Go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. Bueller.